minus 10, 9. You're listening to the Launchpad Podcast with J-Man. Brought to you by Galant Media. Here's your host, J-Man. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. That's what you want? You really want it? You want a Bruce Buffer? I want a Bruce Buffer book because you just like, please, just give it to me, baby. Give me that voice. All right. It's been a while, but I'm going to give it a go. And it's, uh, we're live. How do you want me to say it? Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. But you do it so well. Okay, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live for the fourth season of the Launchpad podcast. And I am so pumped. I am absolutely so pumped and very pumped to have this gentleman here with me. Now, he is a former MMA fighter. He is also an MMA coach and had one of his fighters go to the UFC. And then he decided, you know what? I want to stop punching people in the face, probably more so being punched in the face, and wanted to go into health and wellness. And he is now a clarity coach. Welcome to the program, Mel. Thank you, J-Man. It's an absolute honor to be here with you. You're a legend in your own right. And so it's just a pleasure to be here. I'm super honored. Um, I love what you're doing. Love the energy of the podcast. You are just a, a, a shining light, my friend. Well, thank you kindly. And know what, brother? This is how the universe works. When we first met through a mutual friend, Tannis, who is also in the wellness space and holistic healing and all that kind of stuff, I did not have room on this podcast. And you're like, I really want to be on the podcast. And I'm like, I really want to have you on the podcast. But it just doesn't look like things are lining up right now. But you manifested something more magnificent than myself and yourself. And I decided that, you know what? I really want to make sure that season four is focused on wellness and headspace. And you've been of such great value to mine in the very short period of time that we've known one another. And now you're here. So right off the top, let's talk about being a clarity coach. What is a clarity coach? So in short, I would say that a clarity coach is someone that collaborates with Uh, for the lack of better words, a client. And we start by getting clarity on the most important areas of your life. So normally the process itself is going through uh, creating a vision board. And then from there, we collaborate to get plans and plant little seeds so that we can get you to a place where you're starting to live the life that you always wanted. So Mel, when you were in MMA, was that the life that you wanted at the time? Explain to me how you got from being in such a violent, aggressive sport to where you are at this moment. You know, it's a a great question, um, J-Man. It's a great question. And I'll tell you, I live by this philosophy. I only do things in my life if I have passion for them. So when I, was, when I was a young kid, I did every jo- job under the sun. I was a baker. I was a construction worker. I was a candlestick maker. I did it all. But when I found martial arts, the reason why I stuck with it and made a hobby in a, into a career 
was because it was the only thing I'd ever done in my life where I totally lived in the present. Mm. When I was in the ring, the world could have fallen apart around me and it didn't matter because I was in the ring. And so after, after six trips and two years of teaching, training, and fighting in Thailand, um, I came back, opened up a, a, what was, you know, what I call a successful mixed martial arts school. Um, at one point, there was about uh, 500 students and families in the school. And, um, and then I had a bit of a dark period in my life. And things when I thought I had, you know, life by the balls, um, the cojones, you know, <laughs> I, uh, I just, I just, something happened, something, right. something needed to happen. Right. And, and when I explained the story before, it was like, it happened to me. But the truth is, is that a decade later, I could say that I'm, I invited these challenges to come to me so that I could make the way for the future. Because if I didn't have those difficult challenges, I wouldn't be where I am today. Right. I love that. I absolutely adore that. It's not, you know, what's happening to me. It's like, what is this doing for me? Correct. And it's just that little bit of a switch there in your headspace that can dramatically change everything. And obviously, it did for you. So you had that light bulb go off. You realize that you're not doing exactly what it is that you want to do. I know with MMA, there is most definitely a, a spiritual aspect to it, or there's supposed to be with martial arts. I'm guessing that you were probably grounded in that to some degree at the time. Yeah, because my focus in MMA was, was certainly at the beginning was as a purist of Thai boxing. And Thai boxing is the national sport of Thailand. And, you know, 95% of that country is Buddhist. So, so Buddhism is engraved in, in the culture. So even the Thai fighters would go, they would go to the, to the, to the Buddhist temples, they would, they would bow before the monks, they would get a blessing from the monk, and they would sit in silence before their fight. You know, the calm before the storm. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, of course, separates Muay Thai from the rest of them is they do a spiritual dance. They do like a dance before they fight. And this is called the Ramoy Wai Crew. And it was just a wonderful cultural piece that, really sucked me in. I mean, Jay, man, I loved it. I loved it with all my heart. I tell you the story, my 85, now my 85-year-old mother said, Melchiore, why can't you go get a good job? Find a nice agella, you know? And I just said to my mom, she's, I said, look, I don't want to be an accountant. I don't want to be a, a politician. Um, I don't want to do any, I don't want like a regular job. My love is for this. What I did decide to do, Jay, is I decided to, to take a, a more spiritual approach to it because of how much culture there was in Thai boxing. Um, and, and then, of course, you know, <laughs> what ended up happening is when this dark period came, I reached out and I said, God, are you serious? Like that. I went, God, I'm, I've been trying to help people my entire life. <laughs> Where are you like, at? Are you where you at? <laughs> yeah. Hello? Remember me? And, and I'll tell you that what ended up happening is, is that I got introduced to the world of metaphysics. I studied with um, a, a group of people, one of which was the bodyguard, former bodyguard of the Dalai Lama. And I did some very off the beaten path kind of courses in 
things like astral travel and and sacred geometry and all sorts of sort of off the beaten path kinds of classes and and then i I went, you know, when I sold my school, I tried to do this and I, I, I tried to pivot. It, that pivot didn't work. And then I had a beautiful little boy who's two and a half now, who is the absolute sunshine of my life. And uh, we moved to Ottawa and uh, I did some Muay Thai here and then the pandemic hit. And then I said, it's time. Right. It's time for me to walk the path that I, in my heart, feel I need to walk. Now, Mel, I want to focus a lot on just overall healing, wellness, letting go, dealing with the pandemic, and that's why I had you on. But before we do that, I want you to say that I'm some fantastic podcaster in that mother's Italian voice for me, please. My friend uh, Melchiore, he has uh, this uh, friend, uh, the J-Man. Uh, he's uh, really good at this, uh, I don't know, what do you call it, this uh, thing, the podcast. <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> I'm changing my intro. It's going to be that. The podcast. <laughs> okay. Hey. So one of the reasons that I had you on above all is because you have some great content that you put out on YouTube. It's short, it's sweet, it's direct, and I believe that it can touch people's soul and, and move them forward bit by bit. It's nothing too intimidating. You're not giving them a whole bunch of homework. You're just offering up a little bit of clarity for them, uh, which I love. So one of the videos that I really like deals with a mutual friend of ours, Tuan, and actually we were on a personal development call, I guess that we could call it, mm -hmm. just a couple of hours ago. And He's someone that's very successful in the Ottawa realm and the dot-com realm, just a business person, entrepreneur in general. And you referenced him in one of your videos because he inspired you in regards to the two things that you believe people need to have a beautiful life. And the story is wonderful, so I'll make sure to post the link to that video so people can check it out. But it came down for you to balance and clarity. Why do you believe that those two things are such an integral part of people living a beautiful life, no matter what the circumstances? Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful question. My, my wholehearted belief and philosophy towards life is I subscribe to the philosophy that I'm a three-part being. I'm a body, I'm a mind, and I'm a spirit. And in doing so, I believe that if there's three parts to be, that I need to exercise those three parts. So we have to, when you talk about exercising the body, well, we can think of a million ways to do it. Um, when you talk about exercising the mind, uh, there's apps now, the luminosities apps of the world. Uh, there's reading, there's journaling. Uh, there's all these things that you can do to stimulate the brain. You can take a course. You can listen to the launch pad and get some gems of wisdom. Thank you. But, but the, the truth is, is that then there's the spiritual side. And of course, with the spiritual side, there is a lot you could do. Certainly over the last, I don't know, decade, um, there's been lots of talk of meditation, uh, lots of talk of reflection and mindfulness. Um, but there's more to spirituality than that. And one of the biggest components to that is the idea of just helping other people. That this idea that we'll feel so much better about ourselves if we can help other people. So 
you've got these three points of the triangle. If you exercise those three points of the triangle, you talk about inner balance. So we talk about the word. You said balance and clarity. So the balance part comes in, which really ties in, uh, J-Man, perfectly to what I'm studying now, which is choice theory. That the basic premise is that I can only control my own behavior. I can't control anybody else's. And that we are an internal control system. And therefore, we should not let the external psychology affect the internal. Right. So if we have this inner balance, that we are balanced body, mind, and spirit, whatever we have happening on the inside will manifest on the outside. And then the outside will be balanced. Now, the clarity part comes in, in that if you believe in a universal source of power, the universe is going to be hard bent trying to help you if you have no idea what it is that you want, mm -hmm. what it is more importantly that you desire. Right. So if I take a pizza pie, I like pizza. I'm Italian, A-O-O-A. If I take a pizza pie and I cut it up into eight pieces and I name those pieces, eight things that are important in my life, family, health and wellness, spiritual development, social, passions, um, you know, career, finances, whatever it is, whatever is that important to you, then you can start creating the desired end state. What it is that you're looking from that particular component in your life. Right, right. So if you have this inner balance, you have clarity, now you can start planting the seeds and do what we did today, J-Man. Set goals in each of those compartments to be able to reach what your life you want to live. Right. There was this one lady that was talking on the call and she was branching out on her own and we were kind of having this conversation in the background. Well, I was having this conversation with you and she was doing very well as a public servant and she had this passion that she was following on the side and she got hooked into the fact that if she worked seven more years she would have a better pension or a full pension or whatnot and it's interesting to see how people think when i heard seven more years working as a public servant so she could have enough money to kind of follow her passions I kind of thought, wow, like, and this is why I would not be a good business coach. I'm like, you should just be going for the gold and make all your money there and don't worry, don't worry about that pension. And that kind of comes into wanting to control the way that other people think and feel. Like that's right. what makes her happy, let her do that. And know what, that time that I spent sharing that with you, I could have been thinking about something positive to move myself forward, right? Why am I getting caught up in her race? And also in regards to uh, some of the stuff that you spoke with in regards to the spirit and internals and externals, I'm a big fan of Wayne Dyer on top of being a fan of yours there, Mel. And, you. you know, he focuses very strongly on the fact that we are all, all spiritual beings having a human experience. Correct. A physical right? experience. Right. We're, we're not human beings having a spiritual existence. It's so hard for people to make that connection with the spirit, what would be a good way for just the average person to really be able to compartmentalize that thought? How can I stop living as a human having a spiritual experience? And how can I focus more on being this spirit 
having a human experience? Yeah, it's a, it's a, again, you're, you're, these are great questions. I, I think that there's a multitude of things that you can do, to be honest, Jay, because here's why metaphysics is not so popular. Okay. Let's talk, let's give a martial arts analogy here. When you're in karate or taekwondo, they have the belt levels. So you go from white to blue to brown to whatever, right? You go up these, you go up the ladder. And especially here in the Western world, um, that's important that we have some stepping stones that we can, you know, progress to. There's a progression. Uh -huh. The challenge with metaphysics is it's exactly that. It's metaphysical. So we can't touch it. So even if you're meditating, it's not like you're going to meditate and all of a sudden, like you're going to grow wings and you're going to become the Buddha. That's really not what happens when you meditate. Uh -huh. However, it's the subtleties in your life. It's somebody cuts you off on the road. And your usual response is to flip the bird. Never. That's not me. Maybe you, Mel. Okay, I'll flip <laughs> the bird. Sometimes I got out of my car when I was younger. I stopped that. But yes, that's the initial response. I came from a place of haste and anger. Right. And so the meditation does, it says, hmm, I don't need to flip that bird. I'm not hurt. Nobody got hurt. I don't even know what that other person's going through. What about if their mother's in the hospital? And they're rushing to get to the hospital. Mm -hmm. We don't know that. Right. So meditation helps. I think that one of the big things that really, really touched my life, Jay, was I used to run a lot of outreach programs. So we used to go with a group of people and I used to send them an email with a list of groceries to buy on a Saturday night. And then on Sunday morning, we used to get together at a venue, whether it was my MMA school or whatever, and we used to play some music and we used to make lunch bags. And then at 1045, when the lunch bags were created, we used to go to downtown Toronto and we used to do something called the soft street patrol. And everybody that we saw on the street, we gave a lunch to. And we used to go to the Salvation Army Gateway. We used to go to St. Mary's House. We used to go to Fred Victor. And these were all places that were home, uh, homes for people that were either struggling with addiction or they were homeless and needed a place to stay. I cannot tell you in words because words are so limiting. Mm -hmm. The amount of love you felt and what it was like to give this man a sandwich that he was so happy to receive it. He thanked you. And the thank you was the most sincere thank you you've ever heard in your life. Right. Are you familiar with Jordan Peterson at all? Uh, not too much, but uh, I've heard of him. He's absolutely fantastic. And he speaks so largely on being kind and doing kind things for other people especially if somebody's in a rut. So if you're watching this podcast right now, and I'm not saying that it's easy, right? But if you can find it in yourself to do something kind for others, it is clinically proven that it will help pull you out of that depression. It will help relieve anxiety. And just setting these small little goals and doing these kind things for other people are gonna give you positive dopamine hits, know what I mean? to where you're gonna to wanna to go out and you're gonna to wanna to do more kindness. And kindness has that waterfall effect. Just the simplest thing, like driving through a Tim Hortons the other day, someone paid for my coffee. I mean, that was like winning the lottery. I was way too excited. I was way too excited 
to get a free coffee and it was just totally random. So most definitely gratitude, kindness, all those things. If you're looking to pull yourself out of a bad spot, again, it's not easy, but just start with that one single simple step. And you spoke on meditation, Mel, and I think the biggest misconception when it comes to meditation is people kind of think of the whole Aum or a Shaolin monk or whatever it might be. The reality is, right, you can't do meditation wrong. So for someone that understands meditation deeply, can you break down what meditation is, how simple meditation can be, and maybe some of the myths about meditation? Yeah, I think that uh, I think that the first myth that 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 uh, we have to recognize is that that somehow you can stop your thoughts. Right. So just to be very frank here, J. Ben, if you thought you, if the, your thoughts have stopped, you, you're no longer alive. <laughs> you're dead. Okay. You're dead. Oh. So it's not about stopping thoughts or trying to to uh, you know be clear and see deers and like that's not really what this is about right there's something that i provided actually jay on the um on my morning routine on my website and one of the options for spirituality was count 100 breaths mm. you want to talk about simple it doesn't get much more simple you breathe in you breathe out and that's one right you want to know how challenging it is to count a hundred breaths. And here's the catch. If you forget where you are, you got to start again. Oh my God. I'll start with 10. <laughs> start with 10. Start with okay. 25. Okay. It's okay. Right. You can't do but meditation the, wrong, right? You can't do it wrong. No, it's, 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 it's about, it's about what are you looking to get from it? What do you want meditation to do? Do you want to be, do you want to reach Nirvana? Are you interested in becoming the Buddha? Are you interested in taking away the I from the from your life where it's not I want, I want? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that for me, meditation is does a number of things. And, and I'll share what it does for me. Sure. Before I came on to the show today, Jay, I sat for 12 minutes. And I played some, you know, soft meditation music. And all I asked for was to be open to spirit so that if you say something, I would hear it, but not with my ears. I would hear it with my heart and respond to you back. Right. In a way that someone who's listening to this will say, that's what I needed. And there's an old axiom that says, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for me, meditation is about getting focused. It's about really trying to take control of these things called emotions. Yes. Because, you know, if, if I can suggest a book, um, I would say to our friends and, and, and the, the audience here of the Launchpad, Go and pick up a copy of the book, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, because it is a wonderful, wonderful, logical explanation of what that monkey voice inside your head is. Right. Let's talk about that monkey voice. I had that written down in my notes. Now, I call it snowball thinking. So I'll explain it from my experience. And that's thinking about shit that's never materialized. I can't even remember the 
quote specifically, but it was something like, of all the things that I were worried about ever came true or something like that, that's a really bad <laughs> paraphrase with a quote, but most of them never even happen, right? So basically what you're doing is you're spinning your wheels, worrying about things that never manifest themselves. In fact, worrying about them though will, I mean, if you believe in that kind of stuff, and, and I do, that words are power and that they manifest, is that you're just creating a greater likelihood of some of those things that you don't want happening, happening with those negative thoughts. So in regards to battling this busy brain, what's a simple strategy that people can take on to eliminate that negative talk inside? That little voice that people are hearing all the time that's on autopilot that they don't even realize is activated. Like, hey, do you want a peanut butter and burnt bacon sandwich and immediately you go like, Ooh, that's gross. Yeah. I mean, th th these are great. I think I want to start Jay by saying to you, let's just, let's just paint a picture for, for the listeners. Right. There's a circle on the top of the circle is one line on the bottom of the circle is one line and on the sides of the circle circles, four lines. Those lines represent highways, neural pathways in the brain. Okay. When I have a thought, and or, or when there's a situation and I have a thought and for some reason my life's not going well, everything just everything I touch seems to like uh, doesn't go well. It doesn't turn to gold. It just kind of it fizzles out. There's no there's not a lot of positivity. It's because the brain. The brain is creating neural pathways even when you talk about negativity. If I get a thought and I automatically think negative, it strengthens these neural pathways. The, the fighting analogy would be is repetition is the mother of all skill. Why? Because when I throw a jab, my brain sends a, a signal to the muscle to say, I need my arm to extend. Well, the truth is, Jay, if you did that a million times, the neural pathways are thicker, stronger, and can send that information quicker. Mm -hmm. The same thing works from a scientific point with regards to negativity. If we constantly think negative, you're right, Jay, thoughts and words are very positive. And there will be more likelihood that you will start to manifest some of these negative things. Mm -hmm. So do you mind if I just interject here? Because yes. I think it's really important that people focus on thoughts because thoughts are just exactly that, right? Thoughts aren't reality. But because there is an emotional response to them, people tend to take them for being reality. So correct. How do we bridge that gap? How would you have someone just focus on the here and now? What's a good pattern interrupt for an individual that has this busy brain? Okay, so uh, Michael Singer in the book, The Untethered Soul says, you are not your thoughts. Mm -hmm. You are the awareness that you're having thoughts. Mm -hmm. To me, that was very powerful. But the, the, the perspective here, Jay, is, is that I, I, want, I want to get across, and, and I think the best way to explain it is through an example, okay? Sure, because because I, I think it's simple. So, Jay, you're at home. You're waiting for your girlfriend to get home. And it's like 30 minutes. Right. This is a parallel universe. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah. Sure. Right. I'm waiting for my girlfriend to get home. All right. Yeah. Okay. Right. So you're waiting for your girlfriend or you're waiting for your girlfriend to call you, whatever it is. And, and it's 30 minutes late. 
she's 30 minutes late and you're going the first five minutes that go by that she's late oh you know maybe you know i hope she's okay you know i hope that things are good and you go okay great then 10 minutes go by and you're like geez i wonder where, I wonder where she is my god you know like she's never late right 15 minutes go by he's banging my best friend <laughs> if it's 15 minutes he's banging my best friend <laughs> You beat me to the punch, bro. That was at 25. Her. I hate her. 15. That's my limit. Okay, but go 15. ahead. So there you go. So the mind starts thinking about where is she? Who's she with? Oh my God. Is she with somebody else? My best friend. Okay. My best friend. Is, right. she, is she with my best friend? Right. And, um, and then at 30 minutes, you get a phone call. And you know what she says? She says, hi, babe. I'm really sorry that I was late, but... I have to tell you, I was really late because I was preparing our one-year anniversary dinner. Aww. And that's what you do. You right. go, oh, aren't I isn't she? I knew she was sweet. I knew right. she was a great girl. So in the book, he says, time out. Right. I knew <laughs> she wasn't sleeping with my best friend. I knew it. <laughs> she wasn't. I knew it. Right. Anyway, and he says, are you forgetting that like three minutes ago, like your mind was just telling you that she was actually, actually having sex with my best friend. Right. So, um, I had a thought, let me get it back for you, Jay. But it was, it was about, it was about that. It was about that. The thoughts. Okay. So if you're on a diet, what do you have to do to, and I don't like the word diet, but let's say you're changing your lifestyle. Sure. What do you have to do if you want to lose some weight, Jay? I have to start exercising and eating better. Okay, so you have to eat it better. So some might say that you have to monitor everything that goes into that pie hole. Right, and we got to take the same inventory exactly. with our brains, cultivating our garden, an old boss of mine used to say. Correct. So if, we're, if, we, if, we, if, we, if, we, if we manage what we put in our mouth and we monitor it, what makes you think that if we want to be better in our brains, that we don't have to take an inventory? So in the book, he says, can you imagine if your brain was your roommate? So imagine your monkey brain, a separate entity. Right. You're in the That's shower. Scary. You're in the shower. <laughs> and the brain is going bananas. Right. Don't you want to say to your brain, like, Hey, dude, are you bipolar or something? Like, can you relax? Right. And I think it's important, though, to have that conversation with your brain. The way that I snapped out a busy brain for myself is, well, number one, it starts with awareness. You have to be aware of, of your thoughts. And so many people aren't. It's something that kind of just runs to the subconscious and we just take it for our likes and our dislikes, right? Opposed to ever evolving from that original thought, which may not even serve you now. But having the awareness to catch a negative thought and what I would do is I'd always think about hugging my mother or a sunny day. So I would take that negative path of thought, I'd interject, I'd put in something that was happy and I'd snowball think on that like something great, uh, something optimistic. And I found through repetition and it took a while and I, I think also something that's really important to pass on to the listener is that I'm not going to say that these things are hard, but they're not all easy things to do and be patient with the process and just understand that if you practice over time, small daily contributions will lead to an absolutely magnificent result. Mel didn't get to where he was overnight. You know, this has been <laughs> a, a life's journey for him and he's still learning and he's still growing. Uh, and that inspires me. And 
one of the quotes that I got from one of your videos that was shared from a mentor of yours, which is the most important thing for everybody to have. Everyone should have a mentor and maybe you can speak on that after this. Clarity is vision, vision is focus, focus provides direction, direction provides action, and action inspires change. Beautiful. Wow. And that Francesco Bazzocchi. Like everything in life is right there, really, because, you know, people, I'm hoping, realize that they could all use some clarity in their lives. And once you're able to create that clarity, you allow awareness to kind of creep into the picture. Yes? Yes, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. And energy gets put towards it. Yeah, indeed. So, so there was an old ritual, Jay, that I used to say, it is by will alone that I set my mind in motion. Mm. It is by will alone. So where's your will center, Jay? Your will center is two fingers below your belly button. Uh, In martial arts, they call it the Dantian. Okay. And, And this area is where you have the chi energy, the life force energy. And you use that energy with you day and night. You recharge that energy when you sleep. But it's about that energy there. It's about making sure that you protect it, you refuel it, and you fill it with positive things. Right. And is there a simple little exercise that someone can do in regards to giving that a quick little recharge or a boost throughout the day? Yeah, we used to, we, as a matter of fact, I mean, it's a bit metaphysical again, but we used to just stand with our hands in a circle, right. like holding a ball, and we used to hold that, our hand right in front of our belly button. Uh-huh. And we used to watch and just breathe into that ball. You see, one of the things that I'd like to, like to say that society doesn't teach enough of is about breathing. Yes, the importance of breathing. Please, go on. Breathing is everything. We're shallow breathers. We just breathe enough so that we can get the the power tool working in the physical. Right. But by taking deep cleansing breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth, Jay, causes, you know, when you you say that you have this thought and it's like this crazy thought, so you interject by putting another thought like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I love my mother, Mm -hmm. right? That's great stuff. One of the simplest ways is just to take a moment, close your eyes for a second. And breathe right i challenge people actually to take 10 deep breaths once this podcast is over and tell me how long <laughs> that felt like taking a breath for a lot of people especially long deep breaths it almost feels like an infinity and you can even get lost in those moments it's something that is spiritual it's something that is metaphysical it is the lifeblood of who we are like it's no surprise that we're breathing air to live just like water is so important for us to drink being hydrated it's incredibly important to be doing deep breathing and i fail there always because <laughs> i'm so busy talking <laughs> i'm so busy talking i gotta shut up um also something that you're big on one of your videos touched on the importance of not saying i want you know, or yeah. give me this or give me that, that, you know, the universe is a, it's a lady or it's a gentleman, whichever one you want to pick. And it doesn't want to be spoken at. 
right? It doesn't want to be spoken to that way. And if you're looking to manifest the things that you want in life, it's not give me a million dollars. And I know that the two words that you're big on is I am to embody, to live what it is that you want. The words but of creation. You don't even want to necessarily say that, you know, like I'm a millionaire or I'm rich. You know, how would someone use that language to manifest potential wealth? How would someone want to use that to manifest the nice car or the big home if that's what they want? I am creating the space to welcome financial abundance in my life because I have the qualities and I have the, I mean, you could use so many words, but it starts like that. I have, I am creating the space to welcome uh, financial abundance in my life. And what I go further in saying, Jay, is I actually give an amount. Mm, right. The more specific you can get. Do you, do you envision yourself also spending that money and, you know, buying your, buying your son some nice toys or going on some wicked experiences? Yeah. So what I do with it is, is that I think that that's where the clarity component comes in, Jay. Right. Look, everybody says I want to be rich. That doesn't mean anything to the universe. Mm. So what's your number? I'm going to say to you and to your listeners, what's your number? What do you need to really lead a successful life? 10 grand a month, 20 grand a month, 30 grand a month, 50 grand a month. What is it? Right. And why? Well, and why? Because, and why? No. And why that person yeah. wants that money? Correct. And right. Why? What's the point of wanting a whole bunch of money for nothing um, opposed to having a purpose for that money? And I, I can imagine that it doesn't hurt to put that purpose towards positive endeavors or charitable endeavors. Um, you know, I always think about taking my friends anywhere that they want to go in the world. Yeah. Right. That, that jazzes me. And even for people that say that money isn't important to them, well, it's still an important tool to be able to push forward certain things that maybe uh, you would like to do. For instance, build a charity of your own or donate all that money to charity. I was just watching a documentary on David Arquette, uh, a, an actor whose career went down the toilet after he became a professional wrestler, somehow he navigated himself that way. And when he was in WCW and making all that money, even though he was an accomplished Hollywood actor, he donated all that money to a family in need and donated it to another couple of different places. So money gave him the options. The, the money he already had gave him the freedom to take that additional money and do something really positive with it. So in regards to money being seen as an evil thing, I hope that people are able to see that money in this world just gives you options and options to, be, to do beautiful things and money doesn't have to corrupt. I don't know if you remember, uh, Jay, when we went on our walk, but we spoke about this and there's, there's two myths that I wanna clarify. Number one is, is that there was a, a quote in the Bibles that people are sort of misquoting that said money's the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. uh, the actual quote is the love for money is the root of all evil. Right. But I was asked once in a, in a financial sort of type class, a metaphysical financial class, and it was, what's money? 
and everybody had their thing. It's how we buy things. Those that maybe were a little bit more enlightened said it's an exchange of energy. Mm. But the truth is, is that the teacher at the time said, money is the amplifier of one's personality. That is so true. I mean, what is it? Well, if you had a million dollars, Jay, and I had a million dollars in our pocket, uh, what would we do with it? Well, we would do different things because we were different. So that all it be, that's all it becomes. Somebody like David Arquette will donate it to a, a family. We have our own, Tuan. He donated lots of his money to, to charity because he grew up on the streets and the streets helped him and he decided to give back. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's, that's very powerful stuff. I just think that I'm happy that you said that because it's about why do you want the money? Because that is important. What's the energy behind acquiring it? That's important to me. Right. But to be, to be fair, to be fair, Jay, everything is energy. Everything is energy. It doesn't matter whether you're talking about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's energy. And, and that's, that's an important thing. The thing is, is that we're so busy. We don't really take the time to, A, learn about it, but really pay any attention to it. You know why? Because it's tough to quantify it. That's the biggest part about metaphysics is that you, don't, you can't touch it. You can't quantify it. If I, if I make money, I go, I get a paycheck, and I get something in return. That's not really the way it works. It does. But like you said, what did you say to me just a little while ago that when you were doing that, this process of, oh, my mother, she's a wonderful lady. It took time, that process. Mm -hmm. Everything takes time. And everything that is worth it in your life takes time. Right. Affirmations are so incredibly important, mainly because you're practicing gratitude. And, you know, I would argue that praying is also gratitude that's also a meditation some people don't necessarily see it as that Mm -hmm. um you know there's something that i say every night before i go to bed hopefully i can remember it when i say it out loud (laughs) i usually blow it but it's i'm grateful for my pillow i'm grateful for my bed i'm grateful for the roof over my head i'm grateful for the sun i'm grateful for the moon i'm grateful for the midnights and the noons i am in abundance it comes to me it flows through me I am unstoppable. And sometimes I even say, I am unfuckwithable. I'm unfuckwithable. Nothing's going to stop me. I'll get stalled. Sometimes I'll get stalled, but I am not going to get pushed back. I'm going to fail forward. You know what I mean? I'm going to get pie thrown in my face a whole bunch of times. And that's all right. But I will not be broken. Because, listen, we're all going through this nonsense right now, right? And one of the things that I spoke of in a previous live of mine that I turned into a what the fuck podcast <laughs> is that I, I'm sitting here feeling sorry for myself sometimes. And I actually froze when COVID first hit, I just stopped frozen in my tracks. I didn't know what to do. Just everything that I knew was gone. I wasn't ready to pivot and evolve. And I'm like, God, I'm 40 years old. I can't believe I'm living through this shit. Right. And the reality is, is that, there's always going to be that next thing. If the pandemic wasn't here, it's not like I don't have problems. That's just the biggest problem we all have right now. And of course, it's, it's overbearing because we're all in the same storm. 
with this, but to realize that, listen, there's always going to be that next crazy thing, that next heartbreak, that next loss. And the most important thing when we're going through these times is that we just get a little bit better because life is gonna to continue to throw the punches, right? So you can stand there and keep on taking them right on the nose, right? And fortunately, Mel came out looking all right after quite a few knocks to the head, or you can start to learn and bob and weave, right? And every bob and weave, you know, all that, that's what did I learn last time? What did I learn two years ago? What did I learn today? And being able to implement that to create a better life for yourself. And they're not, many people that I've had a conversation that seems to have a greater understanding for that than this gentleman right here, which is why I wanted to make sure I had you on the podcast, not to mention the season premiere. That's kind of a big deal. And it's also right in time for your Clarity community to come together this week. So you have is it Wednesday and Saturday? Were those the two days? Correct. The 20th okay. and the 23rd of January. Right. And please speak to people about what it is that they can come away with when they join this Clarity community of yours. I believe it's going to be the catalyst, at least, a vision board. Correct. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how to create a vision board. And... You know, I just want to go back for a second, Jay, because I want you to, I want to, I, I felt you. And what came to my heart was, what about if you use this time of pandemic and you, you really sat down and took an inventory of what you wanted in your life and said, look, I need to get clear on some, some shit. I need to get clear on some stuff in my life and I want to be able to do it. And now I have the time. Before everybody complained that they didn't have any time to do anything. And now they've got so much time, they're going, oh my God, I don't know what to do with this time. So the, the, the most wonderful meme I, I heard in all of this was, it's Mother Earth sending us to, her, to our room for the damage that we've caused Mother Earth. Right. And what about if every listener said, I'm going to use this time to take an inventory of my life. I like this. I like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. I want to change it. So this workshop, I did it specifically at the beginning of the year because everybody talks about New Year's resolutions. So I put on a post, University of Scranton did research that says only 8% of people actually follow through with their New Year's resolutions. Right. What happened to the other 92? So this this uh, community coming together is about having an open dialogue, an open, honest dialogue, and getting some information. Mm -hmm. Getting on information on how to create a tool that takes a dream and makes it tangible. Mm, I love it. I love it. And we're just going to talk. We're going to talk for an hour. I'm going to tell you some things about the science behind uh, creating a vision board and most importantly, that you're going to create something that can either be on your phone through like Pinterest, or you can create it the old fashioned way with a good old Bristol board with pictures and words on it. But we have to get back to those basic fundamentals in life. Right. And this and is free, correct? 
It's free. Free. Free for everybody free. to check out. I'm going to make sure that I have everything in the links there for you or the description to make sure that people can join in on this free clarity session with this guy who is highly regarded. Like on the call that we had earlier on today, a couple of people said, you know, crew, he's the guy, you know, I'm going to be part of Mel's circle for this vision board building. And you know what? I think maybe it would be a good idea for me to do the same. It's, it's been a while and I do understand the power um, and the influence that a practice like this, this exercise has on the brain. And I can only imagine how good you are at it because I mean, <laughs> I'm sure if people have been here throughout the podcast, they have a pretty good idea of what you're about. You're real, you're solid, you're genuine. And I'm so glad that you made the time to have a chat with me, my friend. Thank you, brother. I'm just going to say that uh, it's an honor. I mean, when you talk about being real, when you're getting punched in the face for 25 years, you become real, real, real quick. Right. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and all I, all I can say is, is that the world is in a difficult spot. But in our times of greatest weaknesses, we find our greatest strengths. Mm. And that's all I want. That's the message. Right. It's tough. People are starving. People are struggling. People have lost family members. People have lost so much. But let's turn that loss. Let's turn these things that we, we talk about as being so negative, And let's sort of adjust the lenses. Right. So that we can look at this and say, during the pandemic of 2020, I pivoted my life. And it was the greatest thing to ever happen to me. Right. Well, thank you again there, Mel. Really appreciate you being here. Uh, want you to make sure, if you haven't yet, to check out my website at thelaunchpadpodcast.com. We're going to have a merch section up now where you can get sweet swag oh, like this. Yeah. Baby, it's COVID outside. Also have a <laughs> YouTube channel at Alive. You can find me on all social medias at that handle. You take care. Be well. Love simply because you can. And I'll catch you next Monday on the Launchpad Podcast. Peace. Great job, buddy.